0: The network for the AV industry. What are you listening to? This. This is AV. This. This.
1: This this is is AV Nation.
0: This is AV Nation.
1: It's Tom Albright with AV Nation with an AV Nation special. Sitting down with my buddy, Mr. Bobby Sports from Sterling Marketing. Welcome, sir.
0: Hello, thank you, Tim, for having me as always.
1: Absolutely. Uh, last time you and I sat down, you had just become CEO. Um, some things have changed since then. Uh, <laughs> I think actually, the last time I physically saw you, some things have changed, and, and we 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 we're, we're coming out of twenty one, going into twenty two. Um, you know, if if you're keeping track, we're we're two years into this pandemic, and and some folks really haven't even left their house uh, since since late nineteen. Um, Let's start with one of the, the, the first kind of overarching things that, that you and I at least haven't talked about, uh, and that's the, the acquisition of Starion Marketing by Midwitch. Um, first question is, is kind of how has that been going from a, a Starion standpoint?
0: Well, timing really couldn't have been better. If you think about it, it was uh, February 6th of uh, 2020 when uh, the acquisition happened, and we all know it happened uh, the exactly one month later. Um so from that perspective, joining, really partnering with a group of over 30 distributors, much like ourselves around the globe, was really kind of a powerful influence. It um, provided a kind of a safety net, um, a lot of experience, and all in all, uh, I don't think that's how an integration of companies would uh, typically go. It, uh, it yeah. definitely threw in some curveballs. But um, being able to rely on that partnership and that strength coming fresh off that acquisition was beneficial all, all across the board for the company.
1: You mentioned the, the kind of the global network of over 30 companies, much like yourself, much like Stern. Where, where do you see that global impact, that global footprint, really helping your clients here in the States?
0: So I don't know how other acquisitions uh, globally um, have worked, But I know from the experience we've had here joining the Midwich Group, one of the key benefits that we've seen immediately is the fact that so many, the, the reason we found Midwich or Midwich found us is we were growing rapidly. We had opened our first London office. There was a requirement. we Our customers, AV integrators, their customers, the end users here, they've been pushing to have consistency. If I roll out 50 rooms in the United States, I want standardized two in London two in Italy, three in the UAE. How do we make all of that happen? Um, so that caused our global expansion to start here. And it's really hard. So joining that network, what we've seen immediately is they've come and we we really work together. It's not uh, come in and change your business practices. What's the value you bring to the group? And so you have 30 unique offerings that do have one common theme. That's to serve our customers. So what we see coming here in the United States is Those same types of things where our customers, the AV integrators, the end customers that they're serving, they want consistency globally. And AV integrators, it's it's hard to do. Um, Different products, different relationships, different distributors. What we can do is help now weave into that mess and really sort it out so that you can have our customers can have a common set of solutions, a common set of contacts anywhere in the globe. So from Australia to the United States and every country in between, in reality, every region, we can help handhold those and make sure that there's a consistent level of support and service behind it.
1: We'll talk for a second about some of those relationships, because th- I think that's important that it that doesn't, uh, doesn't get enough coverage. And th- that's the fact that you guys, Midwich as, as a whole, right, staring here mm-hmm. in the States and, and, and the, the various other locations, as dealers are expanding globally, one of the one of the hurdles is developing those relationships with the manufacturers and with kind of the supply chain. You guys are already kind of there, right? And, and you're able to leverage those relationships and kind of help your clients walk through some of those some of those 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 uh, those hurdles.
0: Exactly. It comes from working with all of the vendors, being able to have all of the context already. So, we learned it firsthand when we opened our London office, our, just outside of London. It was hard. And we're like, how are we going to do this in seven other countries in the next year? It became, it was like, this is really complicated. Um, being part of the group, it, it smoothed a lot of that out. And then where we can take it a step further is, is kind of the holy grail, I think. And through Midwich, we offer a global MI support and services program, which is total, complete, solutions, warranties, assurance, 24-7 call contact center, all available to our resellers to sell. So think thing that like a globally enabled follow the sun support network for room monitoring, all those things, all those services now we can bring in along with taking all the frustration out of the gear and just sourcing it, which is complicated in and of itself. We bring both those things together and it's just a part of more value into the AV industry. It's really kind of exciting and all yeah. done during COVID, which was probably not the best timing, but... Gives you a good opportunity.
1: Well, it does, and it, it kind of proves your worth, right? I mean, doing it during a pandemic. I mean, shoot, anybody can do this in a normal time, right? <laughs> Let, let's let's make it interesting here, right? Let's throw let's throw a global pandemic and travel lockdowns and everything else at us, you know. And you guys did it. Um, let's talk for a second about specifically Starin, right? Um, personally, right? I've got a lot of friends that that, that work at Starin. You and I are buddies, are you know, personal relationships there. So so talk for a second. About what has changed specifically at Steren since the acquisition?
0: Absolutely. So I took over uh, the role of CEO here in January officially, and um, it was this is bodes a lot uh, to the management of the group, and it was really empowering to be able to say, okay, what is your vision? You know, the pandemic was a scramble. How do we all survive? How do we adapt and change? We did well with that. So then coming into 2021, there's a lot of hope. you have all felt it. <laughs> the vaccine was on the way and we sat, we sat down and Bill retired out and I said, Bobby, what's your vision for the company? What do we want to change? Um, where do we want to be when we grow up, if you will? So uh, I was taking it as kind of looking at it as a new company in those regards. Yeah. So, you know, it might sound a little corny, but we started off with a policy. We changed our motto internally and we decided to look internally a lot and Our motto changed to care more, be better. That was care more for each other, care more for our customers, care more for our vendors, be better than we were the day before, be better in every aspect, be better for our customers, be a little bit better than the competition, always incrementally improving. And it's easy to say, but that was, okay, how do we put our money where our mouth is? And that's, um, you know, first you got to focus internally. And that's really what 2021 was about, was saying, first, what are we best at? What are my people? If I don't care for the people here, Nothing else matters. You can't serve customers well if you don't, you have to emanate that. So we ended up spending the the year kind of slowly reorganizing the company and focusing on what's best for our people. What are we already best at? And that changed the dynamic. It became, all right, we are, our strengths are in UC and education, always have been. Over the years, Stern's expanded. We had different divisions and things. And what that really caused was taking a good hard look inside is let's just focus on what we are the absolute best and bring more value and more focus for our people because people who are focused, it's a simple message, be the best at that. Um, with that, uh, we had to take a hard look at um, brands. We had to look at markets that we were in and really start to refocus and uh, change what what value we bring to our services and what fits in Staren and what doesn't fit anymore, what we've changed out of
1: you 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 mentioned some of the some of the, the, the kind of the, the the changing out. you you've you've added some lines here recently, which we'll we'll get to in a second. But you also parted ways with some some companies as well. Why was that? Is that that kind of that internal focus and in figuring out what exactly is that thatsteren does well?
0: Definitely. And it came down to a, I mean, they're brands that uh, most people have probably seen leave staring here uh, in the past uh, past year. And it just it was it was mutually beneficial at these points. It, when we redefined our focus is said what fits into that UC ecosystem, what fits into the education ecosystems that we were going to focus on. And if I was going to focus on those, our company was going to focus on those, it means I couldn't focus on those, I couldn't provide the service that we're known for, to these other areas, I was spreading too thin. So It became just a mutually understand we have to we have to part ways in best interest for certain brands. And that happens. And that's just a part of the growth. And doors are still always open in the future where things happen. But right now it's uh, it it had to make some hard decisions. And it was in the interest, uh, best interest of both parties, for sure, across the board in each situation.
1: You've talked about uh, already the the focus on the UC in the education space. How does Starin focusing on UC specifically help your dealers?
0: So that's, uh, that's been the banner of 2021 Here is How do we focus on taking these things and what is being the best or being better at these things if we're gonna focus on them? I mean, moving uh, in 2021, we've almost doubled our customer facing employees. Oh, wow. So that's been through. So in the middle of the pandemic, We've been growing part of that about half that has been through hiring and bringing in key people. And when you find good town who has the right values, you onboard it. Um, The other part then is just optimizing internally where once we have that focus with all these programs, you have rock stars team over here that nobody ever knows because they only work on one project rock star team over here, bringing all of them forward and bringing these specialties to bear for our entire dealer network. So, Last year, we over doubled to say, our customer-facing components team members, and we plan on doing that again this year, or close to that. Um, so really, those resources, it comes now to personalized service or getting more personalized service, better response and faster response times, knowing that in UC or in education, we not only just have the right brands that we can ship you, but we truly have expertise from technical design and solutions, consulting at free of charge. That's what we're here for. But all of that trickles down through all of our teams. So we have the ability to give personalized, detailed service and still be flexible to customer needs. It's not, uh, well, that was the rule. We have to make it happen. We live in a pandemic time now. We've gotten used to, if you're new, new, something new happens all the time. Our job here is to be flexible because we understand firsthand how disruptive this has been, and we want to have the empathy to our customers and be able to show that with, here's the expertise we have, here's how we can change. For you, we understand the problems, the needs that are coming out, and we want to make sure that we can solve those. So really it just comes to more resources, Tim, so that we can care more and be a little bit better and continue accruing on that.
1: Well, let's talk for a second about, about how then, that helps their customers, right? So how, how does you guys being flexible and, and you putting more and more, uh, you know, customer facing employees just you know, on the front lines, how does then that how does that help the dealer, um, you know, provide service and, and provide, you know, um, integration services for their customers for the, the AV users?
0: So two, two, probably two different examples of that, uh, to be specific then is one is the support services that we can, that we can now offer, uh, through MI support. Those are value adds that allow end customers of demand. They want entire rooms. They just want simplicity. They don't want it complicated. And we need to be able to offer services that our resellers can make money on and sell that their customers want. They want entire rooms mounted. They want entire rooms warrantied, not individual components. Some customers, some integrators already offer that. Others don't. We need to be able to help consolidate that. But basically whatever the demand is from Haas programs, hardware as a service that a dealer can offer because cash is strapped at the end user or they can't make a cap expenditure that wasn't planned or just the bigger one is probably coming down to the supply chain. Um, we've all felt that. Uh, we all see that every day. Um, being able to focus, what that's really led us to do is, you know, we're the, I think, the only distributor in the world right now that has all four of the biggest appliance manufacturers for UC. Obviously, appliances are a big deal. You need a camera. We need to communicate. It's changing constantly. You need to be cost effective. But D10, Neat, um, Poly, Logitech, we have all four they, for Teams and uh, Zoom. What's... You know, there was a reason it's, you know, might call me out and say, well, you said you didn't want to be a farm. You've, how many projector lines do you have, Bobby? You don't collect brands. And that's that's true. Um, but there's when we have this focus, it's been really important because what that's allowed us to do is now that we have the expertise to know how all these ecosystems work and we have all of these keystone brands in here is if there's a problem with supply in one area and an end customer desperately needs something, we have the Ability to help steer somebody into another product as needed to make sure that we can always have a right solution to keep an end customer up and working, not just saying, well, it might be six to 12 weeks. Oh, that might be 12 to 30. Oh, hey, it might be 42 weeks now. Who knows? Uh, We've seen it all. Um, But it's about helping to move through those supply chain logistics and having the agility then to, I don't have to order. All these different markets of product. I can say, I'm going to be deep here and I'm going to be deep here and know that I have solutions for my customers as best as possible to keep those lead times down. Yeah,
1: absolutely. You, you, we, we've mentioned brands a couple of times. Uh, significant announcement here in December. Uh, you know, uh, adding Sure as a, um, and when we get this right, Sterren is now a master distributor for Sure what does that mean first and foremost what does master distributor mean
0: well it means uh, here in the in the united states we are a strictly and only b2b distributor so we are we are purely here to help facilitate the growth i mean it started with uh sure's acquisition of stem we were a stem distributor um fit right into the ecosystem um sure's legendary brand and uh you know as we went through our portfolio we did have People need audio They need mics. sure has got a lot of great, strong solutions. It's easy to make introductions through STEM, and things just made sense. Again, filling out, rounding out the solutions. Um, They have a great set of conference room, larger solutions, as well as the glue and the the mics that people need every day um, from both hybrid workstations, remote work, like I'm doing right here. Straight through the conference rooms as those start to come back in a big way, well, it really just rounds out a lot of the solutions that we offer and made sense for both parties. Part.
1: Well, and that that the, you you kind of illustrated from a, a product standpoint what what you know what why that makes sense, especially in, as Steren's focusing more on on, on on UC and education. What then does does Steren bring um, to the Sure Group?
0: Really. Um, might have to ask sure to confirm it but i would be led to believe it was that focus is we're not here to just move boxes or devalue i'm i'm here to grow our specialty in these in those areas what that means is having the right products bringing the right expertise and really generating net new business in those areas we know the ecosystems we know teams so we're going to move that forward and we're going to take those markets and make sure that we offer the best experience for the brands as they come through.
1: I, I, as, as we wrap up here, I'm, I'm hesitant to ask anybody anymore their, their predictions, right? Especially anything longer than, than three years. Um, but we're, we're kicking off 22, right? Um, take a look at the next 12 months maybe right? What does this next 12 months mean for Steren? Uh, what does it mean for uh, your brands and what, and what does it mean for your customers?
0: Ooh, three good ones uh, here at Steren will be probably be the easiest because that's the one I can control. <laughs> yeah. um, here at Steren, uh, we've been quiet this last year because there's been a lot of internal adjustments, changes, growth. Um, and so I see 2022. Here's the expansion of that. Now we're not going to be so quiet. We've uh, put in kind of a new foundation in place, uh, new people, new faces, new brands, and uh, a new clear focus. And we want to be able to now loudly say, this is who we are. This is what we do. And these are the values we're going to bring. And we'll continue to adapt that over the year, um, which gets into, we don't know what we what the industry has in store for us this year. We have hope. We all have hope. Um, we're all getting, I think, a little bit more pragmatic about that hope, um, but Last year in June, we saw, I think the total industry saw it—is everybody, corporate America had definitive plans to come back to office. Mm-hmm. And what we saw was projects, quote, specifications, business just exploded for a brief second across the board. Everybody was happy and like, here it comes. Rooms were being loaded like crazy. All these people who moved to UC platforms were like, if we come back to the office, those hundreds of rooms, we have to figure out what to do with them really fast. It was, it was beautiful. It really was beautiful. And then, you know, there was the second wave that really happened there. Um, that hope has just been pushed back, I think. What we know is that the facts are work is different. It, we're going to live in a hybrid work. I mean, you can read Forbes, Bloomberg, any of these places and see what's going to happen. Um, there, Everybody's forecasting something new, and we're not going to be going back to work in the same way. What that means is we have to be adaptable. There'll be a influx of rooms. There'll be a continued hybrid work solution. Um, exactly what that looks like. It's some type of mix of home and appliance and different type of room setups based on. Somebody's gonna define what new rooms need to look like, but tell everyone's back in the office, who knows? Um, so what we know there is the industry we have hope in twenty twenty two, that things uh, that will start to continue to stabilize a little bit, but exactly what that is, we just have to remain agile for it.
1: That that is a an incredibly like very warm and fuzzy answer, and I love it. <laughs> um, what is I mean we we look at as, as we sit here right, um, we're we're looking at events, we're looking at, at big events and small events, and, and, and as as those may or may not happen, um, more regionalized events, and I, I've I've said this. Several times publicly, I really think that 22 is going to be the the year of kind of you know hyper local get-togethers, but but smaller and, and safer. When you look at the industry as a whole, whether that's live events, whether that is integration, whether that's UC education, what do you think that this this next 12 months is going to do for our industry when it comes to proving that we're flexible, proving that we're adaptable, proving that you know what, first of all, you need AV, you always have, and now even more because we are kind of the glue that brings everybody back together in some way, shape, or form.
0: Well, we all are hoping. We all hoped last year for the events to come back, and uh, we're continuing that into this year. It looks like after a string of cancellations. Uh, I think eventually, no matter what, um, we've got to get back to because while we all bring the gear together and the gear's... Interesting and we all do that. But here in the industry is just a bunch of comrades. You and I started with this. It'd be nice to have some fun. And at the end of the day, while shows were a lot of work, it was a time for us across the industry to bond. It was fun. We met we met each other. We socialized outside. Um it, it's kind of a simple premise. So regardless of whether it's big shows now or small shows, I think that's gonna be important focus here for us is we have to make it smaller, regionalized, but I think the biggest part that's missing, we're still communicating, we're good at that, but where's the aspect of fun that really creates those relationships that are durable and that drive, drive innovation forward? I mean, most of the greatest ideas in the industry over the last decade since I've been here have been people who have had chats while having fun um, and, and those personal, you know, outside of the grind and just, there's, here's an idea or a problem. And then somehow years later, that becomes the solution that drives our industry forward. If we don't bring back that those relationships, that uh, kind of intermingling of ideas, um, I fear we have a drought coming of uh, new ideas in the future. So it's going to, be, going to be on all of us to make sure we remedy that one way or the other and uh, bring back some of the fun to the industry.
1: Absolutely. I, I love that. All right, Bobby Schwartz from Starin Marketing. Somebody wants to connect with you or Starin. How do they do that?
0: You can find us at starin.biz.com. Uh, on LinkedIn, Sterren Marketing, at Sterren Marketing, or you can find myself on both those at on Twitter, at the Bobby Swartz. Bobby Swartz
1: from uh, Sterren Marketing. Thank you so much, sir. Uh, for us, for Aviation, go by our website, aviation.tv. That's aviation.tv. Find more programs like this and more at aviation.tv.